Grid Forward Chats is supported by ITRON. Thanks for your support to make these discussions possible. Welcome to the next edition of Grid Forward Chats. I'm Bryce Yonker with Grid Forward. In this episode, we talk with Senator Lisa Murkowski, the senior senator from the state of Alaska. Senator Murkowski was elected to the Senate in 2002. She has served in leadership roles as both chair and ranking member of the Senate Energy and Natural Resources Committee. We've gotten to know her office and the leadership she has taken to advance critical grid advancing legislation over the years. In this discussion, we cover highlights including the Energy Act of 2020 and the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act passed in November of 2021. Senator Murkowski has continually rolled up her sleeves to prioritize issues that are important to the country and critical for the grid. Listen in to our discussion now. All right. Well, Senator, really, it's a pleasure to have this discussion with you. Um, our audience will know you as the longtime Alaska senator, but can you maybe briefly introduce yourself and, and what led you into the role with the, 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 in, in the Senate here for the United States? Well, I have been serving Alaskans now um, uh, for, for 20 years, which is a significant period of time. And I have really had, I think, the best of all worlds coming from an extraordinary state like Alaska, a very energy-rich state, um, but being able to focus on, on issues that uh, I have long been um, uh, active in, whether in my, in my previous career in Alaska, uh, um, working as part of the, the state legislature involved with energy issues, job creation issues, um, but my, my interest in politics um, really came about uh, as, as one who was just always interested in my community, whether it was serving at my kids' PTA. I always say there's nothing more political than, than the PTA out there, uh, but being involved in, in my community and then moving up to uh, differing levels of, of public service. So the opportunity to serve in the Senate uh, for a state that I love and people that I care about deeply is, is truly a great honor. And then to, to lead on issues that are not only important to Alaska, but really important to the country when it comes to, to energy security uh, has really been um, uh, a, a, an incredible opportunity. Great, thank you. So we've started to get to know your office a number of years back as you were working on advanced grid areas on the Energy and Natural Resources Committee. Uh, before we get kind of into the depths of those uh, milestones, what are some of the areas and efforts around energy that you're that you have been and are prioritizing right now? Well, right now, uh, when you say prioritizing, I think it's important to recognize that when we think about energy policy and we think about how rapidly things are developing, one would think that our our Federal policies, our national policies, also have a, a a nimbleness to them, but far from it. When when we had uh, when when we successfully passed the Energy Act uh, of 2020, it was the first um, it was the first significant energy reform bill that we we had been able to advance in over a, a dozen years, and so. When I think about priorities, it is about making sure that our energy policies are, are keeping up with, 
with everything that is happening around us. So I've been involved in just about every aspect of, of energy policy, from, from the supply uh, of oil and natural gas uh, to whether or not those resources should be, should be allowed to be exported uh, to efficiency issues. Um, certainly the, the development of a wide range of clean energy alternatives, the infrastructure that's necessary to support it all. There's just, there's so much out there in this energy space. And I've got kind of a, uh, I don't know if it's a simple view of, of energy, but um, I, I, I joked about it and some, one of my former staff actually put it into a bumper sticker because I would always say energy is good. And so uh, I, I, I keep coming back to that as um, kind of one of the policy uh, guides energy is good, how we harness it in a way to, to our benefit that is consistent with environmental um, uh, standards and, and issues, how we put it to productive use, energy is good. Well, Senator, it's amazing to think how much has happened in the world and in our communities since that Energy Act of 2020. But I did want to reflect on that a little bit. Um, what did that achieve? Why was it so significant? How can we help continue to move it forward um, to advance the advanced capabilities of our electric grid? Well, it 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 is. I, maybe I want to maybe I want to call it um, foundational or fundamental um, in in what we were able to achieve with that Energy Act of 2020. I mentioned it was the first comprehensive update in our energy policies in about a dozen years. And so think about it just in context of, of, of um, other developments. This was, this was before the iPad even existed. That's how long a time period we're talking about since the last time we had upgraded that. And, and the focus was on research, um, R&D, uh, development of next generation technologies to help reduce emissions, and, and, and really with a focus on what we're doing to keep energy affordable and, and globally competitive. We, we again, um, authorized, keep in mind, because that's what the Energy Act really did, was it helped authorize these, um, these, these policy initiatives that uh, really helped us work towards lowering our emissions, um, lowering our American energy costs and becoming more globally competitive. And, and so we, we do this through everything from, from carbon sequestration, um, energy storage, advanced nuclear, uh, the industrial technologies. But what we did with that was that was the authorizing, that was the foundation. But as people know, you can, you can pass legislation authorizing something, but if you don't fund it, if you don't put the appropriations to it, you can't really breathe that life into it. And so that's where this next increment came in, which was the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act that we just passed in November that really helped to, to put the funding behind so much of what we had built out through that authorization in the Energy Act of 2020. You answered both of my questions. I was going to ask how we could appropriate some of the Energy Act of 2020 further and, and already get into the IIJA. But let's let's jump into the Infrastructure Act. How impactful for advancing 
uh, inter- in modernization and innovation and in our in our capabilities of our energy systems more broadly do you feel the infrastructure package is well think about think about it this way um, this is this is a generational investment in uh, in our uh, in our energy and our our energy innovation as well as our our advanced grid uh, capabilities. We are we're devoting more than seventy billion dollars to to cleaner and more resilient energy systems from from renewables and micro reactors to tr- transmission lines. So what we've done is we have prioritized this energy infrastructure and and resilience, and and this is this is going to help communities around the country in in building out cleaner and more reliable and. And, and certainly, hopefully, more affordable systems. And, and so, as we do this, you have to keep supply chain in mind um, and, 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 and think about those initiatives that will actually uh, work to reduce inflation as these investments are being made. Because everyone's talking about inflation right now, but think about think about what it means when you put in place these these systems. Whether it is it is you're updating um, uh, grid capacity, uh, you you are you are building out um, uh, you are building out legacy investment, and and that that's not um, that is not a contributor to inflationary spending. What we are really investing in, again, is long-term and, and, and legacy. One of, the, one of the points that you have mentioned uh, about the grid, we really did prioritize the grids. I think it's, it's, it is, it's really probably um, going to prove out to be the most consequential of, of measures within this bill, but we're, we're promoting um, the the modernization, um, certainly the security of our grid, and uh, in in a we we know that we've got to do this in a in a time frame where we've got a a a clock that's clicking. We've got our infrastructure that is aging. Um, it's it's got threats and challenges, whether from climate change or malign actors. Uh, we've got a changing energy mix. There is so much out there that is so dynamic. Some of it known, some of it really, really unknown. And so we have got to be able to be nimble. And so prioritizing um, this, the, this, this grid expansion, modernization, and security has got to be a priority for us. Absolutely. So we're probably following most closely the the grid resiliency titles, um, the smart grid investment grant, the grid flexibility title, um, a couple of the cybersecurity and other advanced grid areas, um, which I agree are foundational to, to providing resources for the industry. How do you see industry and other community partners being able to go to DOE and to go to these federal agencies and get access to these resources to put good use to them? Yeah, it's a good question. And it, it really does have to be a partnership here. We, we added close to $65 billion for grid modernization and security to, to the infrastructure bill. So this is a huge responsibility for the federal agencies, particularly uh, DOE. 
to make sure that, that they're put to good, good use, the best possible use. And I, I think we know DOE does good work through its, its laboratories, but um, inevitably a, a lot of those dollars are going to flow to industry and, and that should be competitive at the award stage. But I think there is a good deal of collaboration that can occur and should occur um, both before and after that. So I think this is, this is going to be one of those, uh, again, opportunities. There are considerable resources to be had. Um, there is room for, for lots of people to be, to be engaged and participating in this. Um, but our agencies need to be viewing um, uh, industry as, as partners in these um, uh, initiatives and, and, and working, working closely with them. I know you are a, a fan of supporting innovation um, in industry domestically, but in, in energy in particular, um, including some domestic organizations like Launch Alaska. Uh, we just had our Grid Innovators Pitch Contest at our main event in a company that's based there in Anchorage called 60 Hertz One. So Piper was really excited about that. Um, how, how can earlier stage companies tap into some of the support that the federal government might be trying to, to help uh, make available? Yeah, um, it's, I'm, I'm just pleased that you mentioned Piper there. Uh, uh, great things happening there. And it's very, it's very cool that 60 Hertz um, was recognized. That's, um, that makes us all very proud. But, you know, to, to, your, to your question here, there's really no substitute, I think, for local experience and expertise. And uh, I always say, you know, there's no place like Alaska. If you can make your product or your service work up in Alaska in, in uh, oftentimes a tough Arctic environment where the distances are, are vast, um, uh, telecom infrastructure uh, often, often just doesn't even exist. If you can make it work and succeed there, you can make it work just about anywhere. But the federal government, I think, provides a good amount of assistance every year for companies who are looking to scale up, um, whether it's through, through ARPA-E or you have offices like uh, uh, CESAR and uh, uh, the electricity office there at DOE. Um, these are all good candidates for potential support. And then for larger companies, DOE's loan program um, uh, has, has opportunities as well. But I think it, it is important to recognize that so many of these, um, these innovative and breakthrough uh, technologies are really coming from these early stage companies, um, companies like 60 Hertz that are just Putting putting Alaska and uh, and um, other states on the map. It's it's really quite exciting. Great. Well, for our last question today, um, I know that you've been a champion of rolling up your sleeves and getting work done, um, and that often means you know working across the aisle. So whether it was with Senator Cantwell on on the Energy Act of 2020 and others, and and Mansion and and others for the Infrastructure um, Act, how important do you think? bipartisan work is in Congress and what what hope do we have to be able to roll up our sleeves and, and tackle these these key issues around our grid and other um, topics that are important to the country well I think when these when you're talking about initiatives where you want to you want to 
put in place enduring policy. You want, you want legacy uh, investment. You have got to have bipartisan uh, cooperation to help advance it. You just absolutely do. And that's, on, that's not just in the energy space, it's on just about every issue out there. And I think sometimes we just don't try hard enough to, 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 to try to build out the, the bipartisan package. It is a little bit harder, but you deliver a better product. And, and again, to bring it back to, to energy, when you think about something as fundamental to our lives, uh, to the quality of our lives, to the strength of our economy, our, our national security, our international competitiveness, it, you know, the energy industry really occupies this space. And it, it's not good for anybody. It doesn't help us advance energy policy if you've just got this pendulum that, that swings back and forth between elections, um, who's in majority, who's in control, uh, it, 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 it does nothing more than, than lead to a lot of lawsuits, a lot of wasted um, and, and perhaps stalled investments. But, but it, it leads, it contributes to this um, lack of predictability and, and lack of stability for the industry. So uh, particularly in the energy space, I think bipartisan uh, cooperation is necessary and, and required. And I think what we have done, both in the Energy Act of 2020, as well as the, the in bipartisan infrastructure bill, we have worked to address some longstanding challenges. We've done it in a bipartisan way. We have, we have put in place, I think, um, policies that, that can be counted on, that can be relied on. So when we talk about investments in the future, uh, from the private sector, they can look at that and say, okay, these policies are, are, are gonna be in place here. We can count on that. So we're going, to, we're going to continue to do the hard stuff, which is reaching out and making sure that all the good ideas on both sides are heard. Last I checked, the Republicans don't have a monopoly on good ideas and nor do the Democrats. It's when we can come together with our ideas, uh, recognizing that we come from different parts of the country with different assets, different views. Um, let's build this together for the benefit of the country. And we've been able to, to demonstrate some good wins in the Energy and Natural Resources Committee. I've been proud to, to not only be the chairman of that committee, but the ranking member. And now um, I think I'm the longest serving um, member uh, on that committee. Uh, and not getting off at any time soon. There's too many good things happening. Well, Senator Murkowski, thank you for your leadership on these important issues and your time with us to reflect on, on these key milestones. Um, we hope more is ahead. <laughs> the work is not done, as you know, um, but we're very excited about, uh, about all that you've helped put in motion and thank you for, for all that you've done. Well, thank you for the time this afternoon and, and the opportunity to share uh, with you and your listeners. I, I appreciate the conversation, Bryce. Yeah. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Grid Forward Chats. If you're interested in Grid Forward membership and our work to accelerate grid modernization and energy innovation, including the backlog of our podcast, visit us at gridforward.org. If you like the podcast, please share it with your friends and colleagues and give us a rating on your favorite podcast app. A series supporter of Grid Forward Chats is iTron. 
ITRON provides utilities in more than 100 countries with advanced network, software metering and sensors to help them automate their operations, improve reliability, and integrate diverse energy resources. Learn more about building tomorrow's active grid at itron.com.